Hey, welcome to the Center of the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. Today we're going to talk a little bit about us, but a lot more about our journey, where we've been, and where we're going. And where we're going. So, when it comes to the church mm-hmm. and Jesus, let's look into the background. Like, how did it all start for you, Melissa? Oh, my background. Ooh, it's a little bit dark. Um, <laughs> I didn't grow up in the church. And. I didn't really love the church or the people of the church. And then in my 30s, I was introduced kind of to church for the first time. I went to church on a regular basis, and I found a very legalistic God there and a bunch of people that wagged their fingers at me and judged me. So, not a big fan. Oof. Yeah. That's not like my experience at all. So, I grew up in the church. My parents taught Sunday school. They were on church committees. We went to VBS. We did all the activities in youth group. My mom read me devotionals when I went to bed at night. But that didn't stop me from getting into college and kind of sticking God on a shelf and going out and doing whatever I wanted, coming back and asking forgiveness for everything that I had done at night. Oh, I hear you. So I think we probably have guilt, both of us, but for different reasons. Absolutely. Maybe a little shame. All that stuff that started with the fall in the garden and Adam and Eve, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Which I didn't know anything about until much later on in life. So when did you really get it? Like, and when I say it, I mean that God is real, that he actually loves you, that you are forgiven no matter what you've done, and that he wants the very best for you. When did it kind of start falling into place for you? So I would say after my divorce... Um, I definitely pretended to be a good Christian because I think that's what I thought I was supposed to do was like take my kids to church and I was living in the Bible belt. So you had to do that. And, um, I felt really shameful and guilty and I didn't want to go to church anymore, but I still went with a smile on my face and faked it every single Sunday. And then I picked up a book by Max Lucado and it was called in the grip of grace. And I read about a God that I had never heard about. Mm-hmm. And it was the God of grace and mercy. And I scoured that book and I read that book within 24 hours, front to back. Wow. Yeah. And it was like, what? I'm not too broken. I'm not too much of a mess. Are you serious? That's not what the church people tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Church can be a tricky place to be when you're trying to find God, which doesn't <laughs> seem <laughs> like the way it's supposed to go, right? Yeah. Um, How about you? I think for me, it was definitely, I was in my 30s. I'm 46 now, um, which is so crazy. But I went as an adult to my first Bible study. And I had, uh, Emma was one, and there was free childcare. And I was super pumped about that. Ah, free childcare. Because I had just started staying at home. And it's not that I didn't. We were going to church and doing the right things, right? But um, on the outside looking in, you looked like you... Had it together. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Doing all, going through the motions, doing the right things. Um, But definitely that free childcare was a little bonus. Um, But it got. Churches? Free childcare. (laughs) Free childcare. Yeah. (laughs) Plug for free childcare. I walked into this room with these women. They were all different ages. It wasn't just a bunch of young moms, it was older women in the church, kind of matriarchs of the church. And it was beautiful. I mean, we, we just started 
sharing and I was able to glean wisdom from them and then they said that they loved the energy of the younger people in there that it gave them like hope and energy it was Mm -hmm. such a cool mix and I think that is definitely what turned things around for me and then that really leads into what like kicked me in the pants Mm -hmm. um for all this to become real and solidified like all those things that I'd learned growing up but I had heard from everybody else. My parents had told me who God was, my pastor, youth pastor, you know, the minister, everybody had told me who God was. And that was great. But you didn't experience him. I hadn't really, no, I hadn't really gotten to that. I knew him through other people, like a friend of a friend, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're like, oh yeah, I know her, but I know her through Melissa. So I don't really know her, but I've heard of her and I hear she's really nice. Um, and that's kind of how I looked at God. And it sounds so hokey when people say, oh, you need God as your personal friend. But (laughs) honestly, I mean, it wasn't until I opened the word of God in this Bible study, probably took about three years of it, studying the word of God and seeing and reading about his character and his traits and his promises and how that his love was real. I really began to recognize him for myself and know him personally on a different level. So you said three years, but was it like a gradual process or did it kind of click one day and it was an aha moment? What did that look like? It totally clicked one day. Like it culminated into this experience. We had just finished, um, I think it had been three years of Bible study. And we had just finished, uh, of course, one of Beth Moore's studies. I'm a fan. But um, our teacher said, next week we're finishing up. And there are going to be some of you that I think you have something that you want to share. And just get off your hearts. Girl, I would have not showed up next week. I know. And that's when the Lord immediately started tapping on my shoulder. Like, oh, yeah, girl, that's you. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, we are not going there. Like, that's all old from the past. No reason to dredge it up now. You know, like, forget about it, God. So we started, I mean, you know, I talk to God in my head all the time. So it's like this constant little, uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-huh. Like, yeah, I'm like acting like a toddler. And finally, I just tried to put it out of my mind all week, even though I knew that I needed to to just put what had been in the dark for so long into the light. And so... Okay, that was so Jesus. You said from the dark into the light. So what does that mean? From the secret. You know, like sitting in front of all these people, basically not knowing anything from the past, I kind of felt like a fake. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being fake at the time, but it felt like I was... Even though the, you know, these past sins and adventures in my life had, had been so long ago before I even knew any of these people or had gotten married or whatever and had children, it seemed as if I needed to really just take it out of my heart and stick it on the table mm. like a sacrifice. And just, I was terrified though. I was terrified of what the women were going to say about me, what, how they were going to judge me, if they even wanted me to like work with their kids Mm -hmm. in Sunday school or what, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's so scary to just be honest and share things. Um, But fortunately, when I did, the whole circle sat there in tears. Wow. They loved me. They listened. There was no judgment. Um, I got thank yous. 
because I think so many of those women also had those things that they had kept hidden in their hearts and just not said out loud for years of their life. And they wanted to do they wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to feel that freedom. But it was that day mm. that heaven had a party for me. Can you imagine if you didn't go for three years? Like, what if you did it for six weeks? And we're like, mm, I'm not doing that. I know. I think about that. What if I what if I hadn't kept going? How much longer would it have taken me to really, really get God's love, his deep love for me and, and other people? <laughs> yes, thank you, free childcare. Because that's probably what kept you going the first couple, let's be honest. Well, definitely the first two, you know, and then, then they go to preschool and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then it was the women, mm-hmm. and then it was the studies, and then it was the word, but definitely that first one. That's what kind of drew me in. That was a bonus. Yeah. And, my, and one of my best friends asked, you know, which was cool from um, the church, but I don't know. I do know that it had taken me, I had asked for forgiveness for those, you know, sins, going out, you know, just do, it wasn't like any, I hadn't murdered anybody or done anything crazy, but I just hadn't lived the way I knew I was supposed to be living. And it was just incredible to throw it out there and not after that moment, that particular day, the sins and the things that I had asked forgiveness for every night for a decade. It's mm, a long time. It's a long time to hold on to that and not believe that I was really forgiven. So I just wanted to ask one more time, just to be sure. Just want to seal the deal, Jesus. But it was when I got to know him, I was like, okay, I only have to ask once and mean it. And it's done. And don't break, take it back, right? And don't take it back. Man, it's hard not to take it. Take Did it back. Did you ever tell the um, person that invited you to Bible study? Your yes. best friend at the time? Yes. Wow. In fact, my first speaking event, she actually traveled to come and hear me talk. I think that is awesome. And it shows, it speaks volumes to when people say, if you plant a seed, you may not ever see it grow, right. but you still have to plant the seed. You, you might not see the fruition, if you will, might not see it come to fruition, um, but she got to, which is amazing. So her invitation yes, started a ministry, essentially. It's crazy. Amazing. And, and you know what's really cool about this friend? She also has uh, a, a really good friend in her life who brought her to the Lord years ago. Mm. And they are still great friends and live in the same area and their families are still together. And so that is um, so cool that they get to continue to see the fruit that they have, you know, grown in each other's lives and continue to love on and encourage one another. But you're right. Sometimes... You might have dropped the mic and asked somebody to Bible study, and then you had to move to Texas. And you, (laughs) that's a thing. And you may have never known, you know, what had happened. If she had moved away or we had lost touch, of course, that's kind of impossible now with Facebook, I guess. But, you know, sometimes you don't know. But I think the bravery that she had to ask me to go, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for. That's awesome. And I do go back sometimes and look at my story and look at the people that made a huge impact. And I'll go back, thank you, Facebook, and message them mm-hmm. and just say, thank you for believing in me when I didn't. Or thank you for saying these words that you thought were not that important at the time, but made a huge impact in my life. Like I play those words over and over in my head. 
So I love to go back and tell people that. I know. There's some that I I can't remember their names. I remember, bless her heart, my um, freshman (laughs) residence hall lady. I don't know what they're called now. I'm sure there's some better term for them. But she was in charge of our hallway at Meredith College when I was a freshman. And we would come in, you know, early in the morning, making a ruckus, being crazy from a fun night out. And she would be out in the hallway making sure we got into our rooms, telling us that she'd pray for us. And I'm sure I wasn't nice about that. (laughs) And now I wish I could go back and say, all your prayers worked. It took a while. (laughs) But thank you so much for praying for me. Right? Sorry for all the eye rolls and the beautiful (laughs) thing I said when you told me that at 2 a.m. Exactly. Exactly. So now I try to remember that when my kids roll their eyes at me. Mm, That's a good point. Mm, I get a lot of eye rolls. One day they'll appreciate it. So what was your, what was your kind of kick in the pants? Um, that made it all kind of come together for you, that realization. It's kind of funny because after I, you know, read the Max Lucado book, I went and got every book I could find of his and just kept reading them because I just wanted to hear those good words that somebody loved me and somebody saw me and somebody cared and somebody forgave me. Someone that knew every single thing about me Mm -hmm. still loved me. Uh, And so I read every book I can get my hands on. That's a lot because he's been around for a while. And then everything happened really fast. I found a church that was just amazing. And I sat in the very back because that's where I like to hang out. It's a safe place it, in the back. It is safe. <laughs> you can escape and sneak out. And... Yeah. And he shared this message, the same one that Max Lucado was saying. Like, God sees you. He loves you. He forgives you. There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from him. And I just kept going back time and time again. And the next thing you know, I'm serving. Mm -hmm. And uh, I served with the children because the Bible is, the Bible stories I could understand in the kids area. Heck yeah. Sometimes I still get out my children's Bible to read the story just to be sure I get it. Exactly. (laughs) I love those kids' Bible stories. So hey, another plug, volunteer with the kids' ministry. But uh, I learned a lot there. And then I ended up working on staff for a couple of years. At that church. At that church. And the funny thing was, I thought for sure that I would have more time with God when I went and started working at the church. But the truth is, you are just trying to get things done. Mm. It actually kind of becomes um, habitual. Like a job. Yeah, like a job. job. (laughs) (laughs) But it just becomes, um, I don't know, checking boxes. Right. And so there was still no relationship and God of course was not happy with that. He wants a personal relationship with you, which I had no idea what that meant. Right. I figured here I am sitting in your building doing your work with your people and there's a Bible somewhere in this room, so come on. <laughs> that's that's good, check. <laughs> Way better than where I was, right? Right. So uh, God kinda shook us up a little bit and ended up sending us to Texas for my husband's work. And um, I found myself alone and no longer working. I'd always worked every day of my life from the time I was able to work uh, up until that day. And I was 41 at the time that we moved. And that's a long time. And we have four kids. And um, I wasn't really a good wife or mom, to be honest with you, because I didn't know how to be. I'd never really had an example in my life. And I just knew, like, I feed them, and they go to school, and they're clothed, and they're clean, and I tell them I love them before bed, so I am winning. 
Another check. Another check. check. Yeah, I see a lot of check boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, God just made sure to surround me with people that were going to push me. I found myself bored, didn't know what to do. And so I fell back on a teaching I had heard one time in a seminar where a woman said, you need to spend time every day with God. And I thought, that sounds ridiculous because is he going to come down here and hang out with me? Well, the answer is yes, he will. Yes, so, he will. I did it angrily at first, just sitting there with a notebook. And instead of journaling happy, loving thoughts and, I don't know, scripture doodling is what people do, um, I just said some really mean things to God. Like, what did you do? This is your mess. According to the Bible, you made this. What are you going to do with this mess? Uh, I love that he can take that, though. You know, like, just like me arguing with him, like, no, I am not going to share that. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're going to be fine. You know, like, he can take it. Yeah, and I think he'll he wrestle with it. us in those emotions that we have, no matter what they are. Well, and he already knows how you feel, so right. go ahead and let it out. Sure, right. Uh, and so I ended up going to a Bible study, and my first Bible study was a Beth Moore study, and I went only because I didn't have anything else to do. And you I were felt bored. Like I had to check the box, <laughs> right? Oh, girl, I was crazy. Okay, so I was not even a good cook. I did not learn how to boil eggs so I was 41. And so um, I, every day, felt like I had to prepare a very nice meal for my husband. And so I would print out this recipe and go get all these extravagant, you know, um, things to put in the sides, the vegetables, the salad, the drinks. Everything had to be eaten because I feel like, what is my worth? Because I was no longer working. Oh, right. What was my worth? And so God showed me over the course of a long time what my worth was. Um, I started studying his word in 2000, gosh, I get the times mixed up, 15, 2015. And uh, we ended up coming home from Texas in the middle of, at the end of 2016, like summer 2016, actually. Uh, it was awesome. It was So it was a slow, gradual process okay. of him just opening your eyes and your heart to his truth yeah. and his promises. Because he had to strip away my worth, because in my mind, my worth was that I had a paycheck or that I had a job that sounded like I was high and mighty. Um, right. Or, you know, I had four kids and they're all still surviving. <laughs> <laughs> so God stripped it all away from me to help me see what my real worth was. I love that. Yeah. You know, I think this is a little, obviously, over the course of the podcast, you'll get more details into... Um, We'll share more about our journeys, but, you know, we recognize all of you guys are on journeys as well, and we're all at a different place, mm -hmm. and we just want to encourage you um, through this podcast and through our conversations. We know there's some really hard things. You know, we, we're still on journeys. Yeah. You know, the only time our journey will be finished is when, like Melissa said, we'll, we'll be dead. We'll be dead. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be dead. So, um, so we continue to be on a journey, so let's let's do it together. It's more fun, and it's a lot more appealing, and it's a lot, lot more encouraging when you are on it together. Gosh, we have found that out, haven't we? We sure have. Ministry We've lived a lot fun. of that out. Yeah. It is. So I want to say, I really want to speak to the people that are afraid of church or afraid of their past, because that was me. And I want them to ask us the hard questions. Uh, you can send them to thecenterandthesaint.com. Uh, we would love to hear what you want to hear about. Uh, I've probably asked all those questions and wrestled with God on them. So, Yeah, and I, I just want to speak to those of you who feel like you can't open the Word of God, that you can't understand it, 
If you can't understand it, then you're reading the King James Version. Okay? <laughs> Just saying. I can't even understand the King James Version. So get a different translation. So there's different. I think definitely the Holman translation, the NIV. I think um, the message, you can't, I don't think you should just read the message, but I think it's a great um, added translation to your NIV, ESV kind of thing. So translations, if you don't know, are just different forms of reading the Bible. And some are just way easier because they use everyday, regular street talk and yeah. language that we use instead of the the thousand doses right. uh, of the King James. I mean, so I, that's very... So challenging. Yeah. I mean, I just less than a year ago, I was speaking at an event and this woman came up to me and I was talking about different translations and she came up after the event and she said, you have no idea how you have changed my life. And I was like, I'm, I'm so glad. And she said, she held out her Bible and she said, this is the King James version. It's what I grew up and was told in church that this is the only translation that you should ever read. And I don't understand it. She was a 50, in her 50s, woman, year old woman. And she said, I have always tried to sit down and study the word of God and been so frustrated and felt so guilty. She's like, I'm going to the store right now and get a new translation of the Bible. She was so excited. And so it's not just for pastors. It's not just for theologians and people that go to divinity school. It is for you and for me and for anyone who desires to live life in a better way, to understand who God is. Because here's the thing, it is really hard to recognize someone at work in your life mm-hmm. if you don't know who they are. Girl, that is the truth. It's like, if I told you to go to Whole Foods and meet Sarah for lunch, right. you're going to be like, okay, well, what does she look like? Right. What kind of car does she drive? What's she wearing? You need the details, and that is what you find when you open the Word of God so that you can see Him at work in everything that you're doing. So we look forward to spending the next however many hours with you gradually over the course of the next year or so in these podcasts. But please do send us your questions about everyday struggles. I don't know, maybe your kid's getting bullied at school and you want to know how to handle it in the most appropriate Christian way, or maybe you're having trouble in your marriage. What else? So um, I do love that. My son came home from church one day and he goes, Mom, you know I learned at church? If someone gets in front of you at the water fountain, you punch them in the face and then you forgive them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. But I think we really want to hear about your journey. Tell us where you are. Tell us where you've been. Uh, You can join us on Facebook, thecenterofthesaint.com. And Allison King, Melissa Bell, we'll see you next time.